You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Paul told those guys, those new Christians, and the Lord will be with you. No matter what, no matter where, He will be by your side and He will take care of you. Paul might even have read Isaiah 43 verse 1 that says this, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Did you know that all believers have something in common? And no, it's not just that we believe in God. In today's edition of The Simple Truth, Pastor Dion talks about how all believers have the Holy Spirit. Once we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit moves in. The Holy Spirit becomes a part of us believers. Because of this, the Lord is always with us. He'll always take care of us. When we're in the midst of a hard trial, we have the Holy Spirit. Nothing that stands against us can defeat us. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 14 as he continues his message, Keep the Faith. Then Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. In other words, they went right back the same way they came in, revisiting all of the cities. And here's what they did. Everybody read it out loud with me. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. You know what? You guys weren't reading it loud enough. Let's do it again. What were they doing? Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Some of you are wondering why the others are cheering. Through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So Paul really gives them some information there. You know, Paul wasn't one of those evangelists who preaches nothing but rainbows and unicorns. Or that every day is a Friday. You know, Paul would have puked if he read that book. You know what I'm saying? Paul taught that new Christians are going to deal with, everybody say the word, Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have them if you don't already. Paul told them, hey, listen, you're going to have troubles. Listen, it's no secret that everyone has troubling circumstances. And your troubling circumstances are not because of global warming or because you weren't breastfed. Okay, that's not the reason you have troubles. Our troubles are the result of the fall. Everybody said the result of the what? The result of Adam and Eve's sin. You see, God created a perfect couple and put them in a perfect environment, but they screwed it up for everyone. They didn't just dig their own grave. They dug a universal grave. They dug a whole universal cemetery is what they did. See, because of Adam and Eve's sin, creation was invaded by lies, deceit, disease, Divorce, creation was invaded by disasters, pain, 
crime, hate, grief, confusion, murder, brokenness, and death. Because of Adam and Eve, everyone lives under troubling circumstance. You know, the all-state mayhem, it's part of the human experience. In fact, Job said it this way. Job said, it's a hard-knock life. Oh no, that was Annie, little orphan Annie. But, but, but he said uh, something similar. Job chapter 5, verse 7, he said, Man is born to trouble as sure as the sparks fly upward. What was he saying? He was saying that because of Adam and Eve's sin, there is a curse upon this place, upon this planet, on the universe. And everybody has trouble. Look at your neighbor and say the word again. Trouble. In fact, Jesus also said it, and He said it like this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. The sun rises on the evil and good, and the rain falls on the just and unjust. So no one is exempt from troubling circumstances. Bankruptcy, cancer, car accidents, disasters, divorce, defects. They happen to good and bad people. It's inevitable. They are the circumstances that this universe are under because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Look at your neighbor and say, wow. That sounds horrible. You're right. Everybody has trouble. And here's the next one. So everyone has trouble, but Christians, followers of Jesus, have more trouble. Did you hear that? So you, as just a person that has been born and lives in this planet, on this universe, you go through troubles. Random things that happen just because there is a curse on this earth. The rain falls, but, but I'm a good person. But I, but, 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 but I, I even serve the Lord. You can't escape it. You're born to trouble. It rains on the just and the unjust. So everyone is born to trouble, but you who have believed in Jesus Christ and you who are followers of Christ have more trouble. Look at your neighbor and say, wow. Christians have more than the normal troubles. We have more pressure, more adversity, because of our association and identification with Jesus. See, we attract more trouble because we want to love like Jesus and live like Jesus. Here's 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12. It says it like this. Read it with me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer. Everybody say the word. So you have regular troubles because you live here. And because now because you're of a Christian, you have even more troubles. And the first one is persecution. You know, in the Old Testament book of Exodus, because the Hebrews wanted to worship the Lord... Pharaoh increased their tally of bricks. Well, because you want to follow the Lord, hostility and ill treatment will increase. 
complaints, criticism, ridicule, gossip, disgust, prejudice. Hey, it's going to hit you. But, but here's the thing. Don't be surprised or scandalized because you're in good company. That's what Jesus said. John 15 verse 18 records Jesus saying this. Read it with me. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, but I have chose you out of the world, therefore the world, everybody, hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So one of the extra troubles we face for being Christians or followers of Christ is persecution. But there's another. There is another extra trouble that we face for being followers of Christ. The word is predators. Everybody said all out what? Predator. We'll face persecution, but we'll also face predators. You see, the devil and his demons have no favorites. Drug lords, dentists, pedophiles, plumbers, terrorists, or teachers. He hates them all equally. Jesus said that the devil's agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy everyone, everywhere. But there is one group that the devil hates and targets more than any other. Here they are. Say their names. Jesus followers. Christians. In fact, in the Old Testament story of Job, the devil fixated on Job and targeted him because he loved God and followed God's Word. And because Peter followed Jesus... Jesus looked at Peter and said, Satan has been asking for you to sift you like wheat, to break you down. See, the devil is furious about your relationship with the Lord and has marked you for termination. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says it this way, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. So Paul told the new Christians there, in, 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 you know, as he's going to every city after they've preached all over Galatia, after they've established some churches and a lot of new believers, he goes back over through those cities and he begins to tell them that, hey, listen, they're going to face troubles. But he also told them, he also did something else, he strengthened their souls. Say it out loud, what? He strengthened their souls. So not only did he tell them, you're going to face troubles just because you live here. Just because, hey, the God of this world is in control and He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, hey, you're going to face troubles even more because now you have named the name of Christ. Now because you are a believer in Jesus and a follower of the one true and living God, you're going to face more troubles. 
But then he told them, he said, I want your souls to be strengthened. Paul taught them. He said, the devil is strong, but our God is stronger. Paul told them, God was with Israel when they were trapped at the Red Sea. Pharaoh's soldiers behind them, the mountains on each side, and the Red Sea in front of them. But the Lord was with them. And He opened up the waters and opened a passage for them to walk on dry land all the way across the Red Sea. It's so cool. Paul told them he was with David when he faced off with that giant called Goliath. God strengthened his arm as he let go of that stone and that slingshot. And it whistled through the air and it planted right in Goliath's forehead. And it sunk down deep and dropped him like the stone. God was with him. Paul told him that God was with Daniel when he was in the lion's den. And how the angel of the Lord came and was with them and held those lions' mouths shut so that they couldn't harm Daniel. And Paul told them that God was with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego when they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar even shouted as, as he watched them. He said, I see four men walking in the midst of the fire unscathed. And the form of the fourth one is like the Son of God. It's awesome. So Paul told them, you're going to have troubles. But he also strengthened their souls by telling them that the Lord God is with them. He said he was with all of those people and Paul told those guys, those new Christians, and the Lord will be with you. No matter what, no matter where, He will be by your side and He will take care of you. Paul might even have read Isaiah 43 verse 1 that says this, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, and I am with you. Paul might have also read Isaiah 41.10 that says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So Paul told them they're going to have troubles. He didn't say, oh, now that you're a Christian, well, it's, everything's just going to be peachy. Oh, no, it's going to be worse. But don't worry because the Lord, the one true and living God is with you. Paul taught them that in the midst of inevitable trouble, the Lord is holding on to us. He's holding on to us and we should, so therefore we should hold on to our faith. Everybody said, I'll let you do what? God's got you. So you hold on to your faith. Don't compromise. Don't deny. Don't quit your faith. Don't quit. Look at your neighbor and look at your neighbor and say, Don't quit. You need to be like that old barber. You know, when a new hair salon opened up a, a business right across the street from him, the new salon put out a big bold sign which read, We give $7 haircuts. That was hard to compete with. The old barber, you know, thought about it. You know what he didn't think? 
He didn't think about quitting. In fact, that old barber put out a sign of his own. You know what the sign said? We fix $7 haircuts. Hey, the next time you're tempted or pressured to tone it down, you know, when the devil is harassing or hushing you, here's what you should do. Everybody say it out loud. What? Get Look at your neighbor and say, get louder. You know, when they criticized and ridiculed King David about dancing before the Lord, he said, I will get more indignant still. Not only will I not stop, I'm going to give it gas, he said. That's what Paul was telling those Christians. You're going to feel some tension. You're going to experience some trouble. He said, but listen, the Lord is going to be with you. And you just hold on to your faith. When the temptation is to quit or to give up or to hush. No, 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 no. You get louder. He said, you go ahead and say, not only will I not stop, I'm going to give it gas. That's what Paul told them. Paul and Barnabas shared this message with all the new believers on their way back home. They not only did that, it said that they also appointed leaders in the new churches that evolved. Look at verse 23. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. Now when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. From there they sailed to Antioch, and where they had been, and commended the grace of God. That's back home where their home church is. And they were commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. Now when they had come and gathered the church together there in Antioch, they reported all that God had done with them, and that He had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So, Paul and Barnabas, on their way out with all those new believers, they told them, you're going to face troubles. But they say, keep your faith. Say it out loud, keep your faith. And then, they began to appoint leaders. You see, sheep need shepherds. They need pastor leaders to teach them, to love them, to care for them, to protect them, to counsel them, and to lead them closer to Jesus. They needed that. Pastors and leaders should provide education, illumination, inspiration, and exhortation. Pastor leaders should be strong in character, in worship, in doctrine, in vision, and in reputation. In fact, it's the criteria that Paul will publish later on. And Paul isn't about to leave his new baby believers in the Lord with just anyone. You know, you don't leave a four-year-old with a tomato or a puppy. So Paul and Barnabas leaned on the Lord for guidance in the appointments. They pray and fast for God to give them direction for the leaders of the church because it's an important job. After it's all done, Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch, Syria. And at their home church, they shared and celebrated how God opened the door of salvation 
to the Gentiles. Can you imagine that story? Can you imagine as they get back home to their home church and say, you know what? God did something amazing. He opened doors for us to share the gospel in places that the gospel wasn't being shared, had never been shared, where salvation wasn't available. God opened the door of salvation to the Gentiles. Listen, guys, that door is still open. But the day is coming when the door will close. Jesus will come unannounced and catch away all true believers. It's called the rapture of the church. And after that, the door of salvation will close. And the great tribulation will begin. A time of judgment like the world has never seen. If you're here and you haven't run through the open doors of salvation and found forgiveness and peace and joy and transformation, today is a good day to run through that door. So don't procrastinate. I'm going to close with this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 1. We beg you not to toss aside the marvelous message of God's great kindness. Now that the doors of welcome are wide open, now that salvation is being offered, right now God is ready to welcome you. Today He is ready to save you. He's the only one that can save you. Candles, baptisms, rituals, ceremonies, none of that can save you. Good works, they can't save you. There's only one thing that can, and that is faith in Jesus Christ. Turning to Him and giving your life to Him. When you do that, it's a whole new world. Like the Aladdin song, it's a whole new world! The Spirit of life fills you. Begins to wipe away all of your sins and even some of that old conscience. It begins to make you new. He adopts you into His family. And He transforms your life. Let's pray out loud together. Father, I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I have run from You I have fought you. I have ignored you. But today, I surrender. I run through the door. I repent for my sins. And I ask you to cleanse me. Save me. Change me. I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we cling to the simple We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth, a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Acts, a book that gives us an insider's peek into the first 30 years of the church. From persecution to miracles, this book truly has it all. 
What an inspiring narrative, watching how disciples like Peter go from denying Jesus to losing his life for Jesus. Luke, the writer of Acts, gives us a perspective that emphasizes life change. He writes, And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Jesus didn't just come to change the system. He came to change people. If what you heard today has impacted you, we would love to hear about it and pray for you too. You're more than welcome to give us a call at 505-753-4363. Again, 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved in a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we would love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. You can find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join us again next time for more from the book of Acts right here on The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we